Hello, hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Fairly Far Fetched. I'm Keir, and that's Gavin. Hello, it's been a really long time because we're awful at this. <laughs> do you remember when we said, oh, we'll get back together over Christmas? I do. I also remember when I wrote in every description of the podcast every two weeks. Yeah, fortnightly. Fortnightly. We're creative with the definition of that word, but this is what we define as a fortnight. Yeah. Six months. Great. Um, Gavin, uh, some big news to start off with. Why don't, why don't you give our listeners the, the wonderful news? Oh, I'm getting married. Yeah, You've yeah, yeah. only gone and bloody got married engaged thingied. Yeah, not, not married. I got engaged, yeah. Um, did an engagement. Did an engagement, yeah. Thanks yeah. very much. Yeah. Well done, mate. Um, thanks, man. It, it wasn't in Disneyland um, and it wasn't on Christmas mm. Day. So those are two things mm. that I needed to avoid, which was good. Yes. And I managed to do Any that. cliches. Any cliches, yeah. 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 Nice. Well, well done, buddy. Looking forward to that shindig. Yeah. Which will be this year. Um, hopefully we'll manage to do another podcast between now and then. <laughs> Probably not. Fingers crossed. Probably not. Um, but it did give me some stimulus for today's opening question, Gavin, which was the most oh, important sure thing. When you, when you gave me that news, <laughs> I thought, this is great and all for my buddy, but what does this mean for Fairly Far-Fetched? Um, mm. So opening question. We've actually had a, a wedding-based opening question before, but I'm going to give it a little, little new edge today. Yeah. If you were to pick a Pokemon to be your best man, who would it be and why? Ambipom. Ambipom, hands I'll the Ambipom. I'll tell you for why. <laughs> <laughs> Give us the number for Ambipom. Ambipom, Ambipom is a Pokemon number 424. The evolution of Apom after he mm. learns double hit. Now, the reason why I picked a Ambipom, not Apom, Ambipom, mm. is because Ambipom has an absolutely lovely uh, Pokedex entry. Uh-huh. They work in large colonies and make rings by linking their tails, apparently in friendship. Ah, oh, lovely. Now, the reason why I picked Ambipom is, you know, friendship. I didn't pick a best man friendship. for my wedding. I picked best men because I'm yeah, 31 noted. years old and um, I don't just have one friend and decided I want all my friends to be that one friend oh so, yes. hello nice yeah so, so ambipom I, is your explanation to your nine friends about why you couldn't pick one of them because we can all hold hands with our tails <laughs> for friendship what a lovely forum for that explanation yeah exactly there we go <laughs> Kia, how about yourself <laughs> all right <laughs> lovely answer really adorable um i've gone for something a bit less adorable i've gone for one of my favorite new boys on the block Galar Pokemon, number 862. We're talking Obstagoon. Obstagoon? Big old Obstagoon. punk? Obstagoon. Big old punk. He looks like Gene Simmons. He's a badass. He's got a long tongue. He's a bit of a goth punk guy. Let me tell you specifically why, right? I was at a wedding recently-ish, and it was, you know, it was a bit of, it was, it was a raucous occasion, shall we say. A lot of people in a large space, and the best man was picked to be Master of ceremonies, so kind uh-huh. of like making sure everyone was where they need to be, but also just like making sure people were listening and going to the right things and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. Obstagoon, his um, Pokemon Sword Pokedex entry says, its voice is staggering in volume. 
which I just think is going to be super, super helpful as the best man. Like, he's going to mm. be able to get people's attention. It does also say Obstagoon has a tendency to take on a threatening posture and shout, which isn't mm. ideal. Yeah. But when, like, you know, Uncle Jimmy gets a bit, you know, a bit handsy or whatever, you, yeah. like, Obstagoon can be your bouncer. Exactly. And I just don't think people are going to fuck with Obstagoon. Yeah, no, I completely agree there. Now, I also feel like he's got a bit of that punk rock edge. So towards the end of the mm. night, when, you know, the, the songs that everyone knows have stopped playing and the music that, you know, what you're really there for comes on, Obstagoon's nice. right there with you. you know? You're right. Singing those Ball pop up boy drops. Bangers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and yeah. he's there. That's yeah. a really good shout. I also wonder, I mean, like, Gene Simmons, famously, bit of a womanizer, and mm. quite often, like, there's a bit of a kind of narrative where the best man, you know, kind of gets together with some of the bridesmaids or whatever. Like, yeah. I, I just feel like Obstagoon would be down for that. Uh, uh, I mean, should we be talking about <laughs> I knew you were going to hate that. I, yeah, I, I hate wasn't going to say I it, but that. I just knew you hate really it. Want, yeah, okay. Um... <laughs> Cool, yeah, let's bring that a woman nice taste in your mouth? Wedding. No, it's a nasty old taste, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're horrific. The taste of key is warped mind. Yeah, great. Thanks, man. All right. Well, um, thanks for taking the time to uh, to be with me today, Gavin. I- I've mm. been thinking about a couple um, a couple things yeah. uh, since our time apart. Shall I just kind of like kick us off with some musings? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Let me right. see what you're thinking. Can you please explain to our listeners, Gavin, especially those that are overseas, the idea of crufts? <laughs> yes, I can explain what crafts is. <laughs> Go. Crafts is a competition in which uh, human beings display their uh, very thoroughly bred perfect incarnations of a dog now there's many dogs on show uh and they're all uh a pedigree dog so they're all uh very you know the the perfect example of what that breed is supposed to be and they're put Mm. on display and show and they run around arenas and maybe through some hoops and then i think they also get like a their haircut as well, and that is yeah, they crufts. definitely get a haircut. You know, yeah, you they, know, there's you there's know. agility, there's yeah. beauty. They have to like prance <laughs> and like walk perfectly around the yeah. thing, like turn the head and cough for it, dogs. A bit like dressage for dogs. They get like yeah. a finger up the bum bum, and the ones that <laughs> the ones yeah. that do really well are then like the poster boy or girl for uh, like pedigree chums or other leading dog Wag. food brands. Mm. Yeah. So, Gavin, why have I asked you to explain crafts to our friends, the listeners? Well, I can only assume <laughs> that you've decided it exists in our Pokemon world. <laughs> have I, Gavin? Have I? Or is it an interesting proxy for something that I don't think you and I have ever really talked about before, right? So, Pokemon our contests. World, well,. <sighs> We can definitely get on a Pokemon contests, but let me let me take a step back a second, yeah, right? Out from crafts into the Pokemon universe, our mm. world, planet Earth, in this version of the multiverse where you and I are doing this weird thing where we're recording a podcast about this fictional universe. Yeah. Instead, our podcast posits that Pokemon exist in our universe instead of animals, right? Yeah. 
Now these Pokemon have special mystical powers. Let's take Squirtle as just like an easy entry level choice that everyone can get their heads around. It is a little turtle thing that stands on its hind legs and it can like spout really powerful water guns and bubble beams and all sorts of stuff out of its mouth. Correct? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what that made me think was, in the games, you catch any Pokemon, right? And they all, as standard, can learn all the moves. They can all basically win you the Elite Four. You could pick, like, catch a Rattata at the beginning of the game, right? Train them up high enough level, teach them the right moves, and they could probably win you the Pokemon League and you become the most, like, famous Pokemon trainer ever. And actually what I thought was, think about, like, you know, you've had a childhood dog, right? Mm, mm. Was that dog about to go win crafts? <laughs> I don't know. He was. He was. You know, like he had a. He had a certificate of his. Um. You know, heritage. He was a pedigree. Okay. Pedigree golden retriever. Did he jump through many hoops? Did many no, backflips? No, no. No. None of that. Right. So what's that, that? What that no, tells me is that, that, right. that dogs have the ability to do backflips and win crafts, but not all of them. Right. In the same way as yeah. every single Squirtle technically has the ability to learn Water Gun, but not all of them will. Which made me think that actually we've been talking about this thing all wrong, which is, you know, anyone can just like catch a Charmander, evolve it into a Charizard with the rules that we've kind of put in place. And, you know, is it going to be a bit kind of a, a bit of anarchy because you've got all these Charmanders or whatever rolling around knowing Flamethrower? But actually, I just think that the Pokemon that we talk about that are in pokemon gyms that are battling they're like the top one percent of all the pokemon and right, actually there'd just okay. be loads of bulbasaur walking around that couldn't use vine whip because they just haven't learned that and because they're not a pedigree or whatever and there's loads of squirtles out there that just wouldn't ever ever learn water gun and it would just be a little companion pet instead okay i somewhat disagree um Go on. which i think is a, a good thing we need a bit of discussion right I love discourse. The the reason why the reason why I disagree is that I feel that some Pokemon moves make a Pokemon exactly who they are. So I mm. feel like a Bulbasaur would potentially always know a form of what we call Vine Whip, right? It has uh-huh. vines. It doesn't have to do a whole lot to figure out it can use them for whipping. You know? No, I'm but not, it does have I'm to have like, need to... strong muscular it does have to have really strong muscles right to be able to manipulate the vines in that way in the same way as your dog can jump but it doesn't have the brain smarts and it doesn't have the muscular build to do a backflip okay i would say that in the wild a bulbasaur might have needed to figure out how to use vine whip well so that's fair but then that's Again, but then we're talking about like two different things, right? Which is a a wild cat, like actually sure. in the wild, yep. will be very strong, very wily. It'll be able to hunt on its own, whereas a domesticated one wouldn't yep. be able to. Sure. And and then and then you've got the third tier, which is like really fucking clever cats that can I don't know, like battle or prance around or like win awards or you know yeah. the, the yeah, yeah, World yeah. Cup of cat football or whatever it is. Sure, I don't think that. By the way, could we just at some point come back to the World Cup of Cat Football? Because <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that. Absolutely. I don't think that uh, Water Gun, Vine Whip, Scratch are the 
real world equivalent of a dog doing a backflip. I feel like intrinsically what po- what makes a Pokemon a Pokemon is the fact it isn't your bog standard animal that can't do a backflip. Okay. So could a Squirtle, for example, be able to... Because biologically speaking, all Squirtles have, you know, this seemingly endless body <clears> of water inside them or the, the Charmander uh, has like that kind of like uh, sack, doesn't it, with like a little yeah. ignite you know, thing it, yeah, in its exactly. throat or whatever it is. So like that's always the case. So for example, every single Charmander would be able to produce fire from its mouth, mm. but not every single one, and just like inherently, would be able to do a really strong flamethrower move that would be able to take out another Pokemon. Because mm. what we're essentially talking about there is in the in-game mechanics is IVs and EVs, right? So for those of you that aren't utter Pokemon nerds, which I hope is more than just just uh, a few of you, IVs are what they call inherited values, and it's the base stats of a Pokemon when you catch it in the wild, and it goes anywhere from, like, no good to best. Um, and depending on their IVs, depending on how strong they'll be in the future. Now, what the game posits is, you could have a Pokemon that has really rubbish IVs, but probably still win the Pokemon League, where I say that's more important than we actually know, in the same way as human beings, like... I, I can play football, right? I can kick a ball around. Mm. I can kick it to someone else, but I'm never going to win the World Cup. And I just think the same thing exists for Pokemon. So there's going to be a much larger range, I suppose, of useless to world-class Pokemon than the games and the TV shows would have us believe. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I suppose so. I mean, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. Right. I think it's reality, mate. <laughs> I think by like defining the Pokemon in our world by Crufts as a standard <laughs> <laughs> makes Pokemon a hundred percent less interesting. <laughs> and That's I, I it agree, though. I agree with you that yes, they're the animals in our world. So maybe that not every Charmander can can do what we know to to be a flamethrower or, or, or like I, a fire blast right because that's like a really fire, advanced yeah, move yeah, yeah advanced move I, I agree i think some amount of training needs to go into to make these pokemon be able to p- perform certain types of moves and and stuff like that but i do think what makes a pokemon a pokemon is their ability uh, their ability to use like elemental powers to use interesting muscles in their biology to perform different tasks that you know my dog couldn't do fine okay so i agree with that so what i'm not saying is that there are some pokemon that are just basically dogs like all they do is walk around and shit eat and fuck sure but i mean what i'm but like so for example your bulbasaur at home you might try really really hard to get it to a place where it could win the pokemon league but it just never could but that doesn't mean that it can't um you know use like chuck chuck leaves out of its you know, uh, pod on its back or sure. use its vines in some way to help carry some stuff. Just not very but well. It just, exactly. That, that's what I'm saying, which in okay. the games, it doesn't really give you that option. You could catch any piece of shit Bulbasaur in the world and it will be able to win the Elite Four. And I just sure. think we need to be a bit more realistic about our expectations of my dog, Bertie, when I was a kid, <laughs> is never, ever going to be able to win Crufts. Okay. Cruff, yeah, okay. Crufts is our Pokemon League. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Crafters are proxy. It's all we know. 
Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. I agree with that. Um, one thing I would say, I mean, what does become quite interesting when we think that way is the job and role in society of a Pokemon breeder. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. So in the anime, Brock famously wanted to be a Pokemon breeder, but yep. we never really, I mean, I, I mean, I, st- I stopped watching the anime. Yeah, I mean, and to be clear, that was only because he was obsessed Um, with sex. Like, Pokemon or otherwise, he was just obsessed. I don't know whether or not he became a Pokemon breeder, but I'm not so sure that the anime knew what that was either. Mmm, go on. You know, so we, breeding in in the video games, right, means that we take any Pokemon that we want to make better. So the Bulbasaur that I inherited as a child is not very good. I want a better Bulbasaur to evolve into a, like, badass Venusaur, right? I take that Bulbasaur, I breed it with another Bulbasaur, or famously a Ditto, Mm. and combine those two parent stats to make a better Bulbasaur. And I do that over and over and over and over and over and over again until I've got hundreds Mm. of Bulbasaur, and then I finally got the perfect one. Yeah. Are Pokemon breeders doing that for the society of pokemon trainers in our world yeah yes i think so because in the games and i've got such long recent memory of this as uh, my girlfriend laura will attest um i'm basically just giving you know my dreepy um which pokemon number gavin pinkney's about to find out for me dreepy <laughs> one of the new pokemon uh been basically breeding the heck out of a dreepy with just my absolute machine sex machine of a ditto um in order to get a Dreepy that is born with the right inherited values, i.e. base stats, so that it can be like a viable option when I play it against other people around the world. Pokemon number 885. That's the national decks. Oh, which doesn't yeah, yet that's exist. what we want. Yeah, local Galar decks 395. Um, one thing now, I the would meta say about... is it's, it's a national decks, to be clear. Okay, one thing I would say about your quest to, to create the perfect Dreepy is that I could just give you one. I've done it already. <laughs> sure. And to be clear, I've got many perfect dreepies now, but the point is, in relation to our topic, if I can bring myself back, which I nearly forgot there, uh, is that I'm able to just go to a Pokemon nursery, give a couple of Pokemon over, they fuck in the background, and I, it's just a numbers game, right? But actually, mm-hmm. you're right. You'd be going to a breeder who is an expert in creating the right, I don't know, like mood lighting and Barry White or whatever, yeah. so that Pokemon can have really good fuck, so that they can have really really good IVs. <laughs> I guess I don't really know yeah. how it works. Yeah, no, but yeah, yeah okay. like creating the conditions, right? So, so I agree, they'll be really important in the universe where you can get famous off of having. It's a bit like if if there was a a universe where we could breed Ronaldo with Lionel Messi, <laughs> like. <laughs> Would we get a really sick football player out of it? I don't know. But I'm sure that if we could do that, and if it was legal to, the, the like, FA, the fuck, FIFA, they'd they be doing that all the time. <laughs> they'd be doing it, right? Right, yeah. No, I completely agree with you. I think that um, in this, our, you know, Pokemon society, that the breeders would have, like, a... Probably a role with those shops that we decided to create where, you know, they might uh-huh. sell clothes, they might sell Pokemon, you know, there might be a a Pokemon 
mart that you go to mm. that specializes in, you know, growliths or something like that. Um, whether or not we're okay with the, you know, the, the sale and <laughs> trade of <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> it's a I think we quest- are. Question for another time. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're okay um, with it. Yeah, 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 sure. So maybe like, yeah, I think, I think the one thing that makes me sad about this, this train of thought is that uh, Joey uh, with the shorts at age of six might not become the Pokemon trainer he wants to be because he caught yeah. Rattata and it was a turd. He didn't go down Correct. to Kia Halaji's breeding ground of wonder and pick up the mm. best Rattata that he could. But, which but makes isn't me that sad. just true of but isn't that true of life? Like mm. uh, the reason why like the the rich will always succeed, right? Think about in in the football world because it's the only world that I seem to be able to pull a proxy out of my head for right yeah, or an analogy yeah, yeah. for which is that the teams with the most money nine times out of ten are the teams that win because they can buy in the best talent and every now and again you'll get a Leicester situation don't get me wrong they've also got lots of money where they build a team brilliantly and it's about the team mentality and their chemistry as individuals so you might get the odd Timmy or Joey who grows up and he's just got a real great mind for this stuff and he's a good motivator of Pokemon mm. for example yeah. or he's a very good strategist or he's able to like keep a calm mind when the battle's happening and be able to like bark commands at the right time perhaps mm. but more often than not we're just going to get into a world where you have the rich people who have the best Pokemon. What it also makes me wonder is, we always think about the trainers as being the famous ones, right? It's always mm. about, like, um, what's, what's the, uh, Leon being the champion. But actually, I think the Charizard would be more f- it's as famous, if not more famous, mm. than Leon. And I wonder if other trainers or teams would try and buy Leon's Charizard off of him. Like, would that be a thing? Right, yeah, like letting out a Pokemon on loan. Yeah, exactly, like, like a that. draft. Um, yeah, the one, thing that I, <laughs> the one thing I really don't like about this <laughs> is that the phrase Pokemon trainer means nothing. <laughs> and yeah, the Pokemon, the Pokemon breeders run the world. Like, if we're putting, uh, like, onus on the, the Pokemon being the star of the show, what the fuck? is a trainer doing apart from standing behind them barking commands. So I would argue that any fresh faced Pokemon probably has potential, you know, mm. it, they, in, they inherently have potential to be a good, a decent Pokemon. Mm. The only thing is, is that I think that to really get into the, the nuts and bolts of how Pokemon work is if we really want to bring that mechanic over from the games, <laughs> then breeding is going to be a, a huge, a huge thing as well. So what you might find is that you might get the, you know, young upstarts that catch their Pokemon out in the wild and they do make it. because It's a true underdog story. However, their main competition is the rich kids that can afford to buy Dreepy from, uh, you know, a famous breeder down the road. 
Yep, I love it. I, I do. And I think we can also go back to some of the conversations we've had in previous episodes where we've talked about the connection between humans and their Pokemon. Mm. And we know we've we've got so many stories of where Pokemon can only evolve through being friendly with Friendship. their Right, so we, we you know, yeah. it's, it's a it's a bit of a lame in-game mechanic that you just basically cook loads of curries and throw a ball at them enough, and then go and speak to a little kid who says your Eevee can now be a Sylveon. Essentially, like it's mm. it's a it's a data-based mechanic in the game, but in the real world, I mean, when we had Roman on, we talked about this how like closeness and proximity can help to create different evolutions, and I, I, I if we stick with that as being one of the core tenets of what makes a really strong Pokemon and trainer combo, I think we can still live in a world where trainers are really, really important. In the same way as in Crafts, the dog is the famous one because its face is on Pedigree Chum, but Linda at home, I mean, I don't think she wants her face to be on Pedigree Chum, if I'm completely honest, but it's less about Linda and it's more about, you know, Archie the Poodle or whatever. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Um, done. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Now, now we've done it? crafts. Gavel. Yeah. Gavel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gav, should we take a quick break and come back in a few? Uh, I think we should, yeah. All right, All right. See you in a bit. All right, Kia, we are back from our, our little break. Oh, now, lovely break. I wanted to start this this second half with a question from our question bucket. And, and this one comes from Laura, <laughs> who we've already mentioned in this episode. Oh, yeah. I know her. Yeah, it's your girlfriend, mate. Um, yeah. Because none of these questions are from people we don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if two Pokemon of different species get married and have sex and then they have a baby... <laughs> Is the baby Pokemon a combo of its parents? E.g., if a Psyduck married a Pikachu, will their offspring be a cute little baby mouse duck? Thanks, Laura. Mm. I love the fact that your countenance as you were reading that question became like, a cute girl asking about marrying babies. <laughs> you had to, like, get into the role. <laughs> it wasn't me making fun of Laura. It was just the fact that the species got married and had to, they had to, have, had to get it's married a lovely before idea. they had sex. <laughs> have there been animal weddings, haven't there? Animal wedding, yeah, sure. But they're, they're orchestrated, by, <laughs> orchestrated by human beings. You're right. I mean, I've just typed in animal weddings. And by the way, listeners, just type it into Google. Because... Like, just go through the images. There are dogs in tuxedos. There's, like, a whole, like, groom's party. There's two, like, labradoodles here getting married. They look absolutely adorable. Worthwhile. Mm, mm. Right, so, Kia, you go. Yeah, you, go me. You, you go with that. What happens? Well, what happens? I, I feel like I'm in a real... I think... So, let me just get everyone into my headspace, right? I've put in, now... 120 hours, I think, into the new Pokemon game. And yeah. I would suggest that about 80 of those hours have been me, like, breeding Pokemon and, like, looking at stats and doing all the boring stuff that's actually the most fun endgame stuff. So I might just be in a very, like, mechanical place in my mind. But I straight away go to, we've already got an answer to that, which is egg groups. Mm. Okay, right, so... so- Sure. Do you want to sure, explain sure, egg sure. groups? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Very quickly. So egg groups are just in the game uh, a group of Pokemon that X Pokemon can breed with to produce 
X Pokemon again. So a uh, female Bulbasaur could breed with a male Bellsprout, and yeah, it would like still that. produce a Bulbasaur if that makes sense. So an egg group exactly. is just so you've got a group of Pokemon, group, yeah, fairy group, mm. human-like group, which is Pokemon in this group that are fully bipedal. Um, what it doesn't give us an answer. So what that's basically suggesting is if you've got two Pokemon that are bipedal, the bipedal. Bipedal? Yeah, I th- I, okay, I, great. I'm not confident enough, actually, to answer no, that question. No, I'm very rarely confident in pronunciation mm. of anything as soon as there's a microphone <laughs> in front of my face for some reason. And all the other days of my life. Um, so, t- t- two Pokemon that are fully bipedal, or bipedal, um, that are known as human shape. What it will mm. do is, if you have two that have two legs and two arms and they look a bit human-like, the f- whoever the female is, yeah. the kid will take on the same species as the mother right that's right yeah, yeah yeah so i mean there's a bit of a human proxy to this and i'm about to really show my ignorance about human breeding and chromosomes and stuff but gav's nodding his head furiously he's going yes kia please get into this he's saying yes do it okay gav thanks for the encouragement buddy um <laughs> so isn't it when like there's like two chromosomes. There's like a Y and an X chromosome. Which one's which? Uh, well, uh, XY is, is male. XX is female. XY is male. XX is female. Just yeah. double checking that using the internet. Yeah, we look good. We look good. So, isn't that... A- doesn't that <laughs> wait a minute, no. I was about to I say think... if two men had sex they wouldn't be able to have a female, but that's <laughs> that's, got its... baby's, baby's that's littered with that issues, isn't it? <laughs> but isn't there something about like twins being passed down if it's like on your mum's side? Like there's there's definitely like genetic traits that can only be passed down if it's on your mum's or your dad's side, like male pattern boldness or something. Like if your mum's dad was bold <laughs> yeah. you aren't yeah. necessarily going to be bold whereas if your dad or your dad's dad is bold you might go bold yeah yeah okay okay stuff sure. skips generations right yeah, yeah okay yeah sure 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 like has that been helpful have, a... have i come across in a good light there gavin <laughs> like some you know a, if a if a mother pokemon has a particular ability it is it has 80% chance to pass it down, whereas the 20% is, like, random or comes from the father. Yeah, innit? I swear there's something about twins with that as well. Well, I mean, you don't get two Pokemon in the Pokemon games, but yeah. I believe it's called Autosomal Dominant Inheritance, if I remember that correctly. Just off the top of the old dome piece there, actually. <laughs> not that you're checking Google or anything. What's that? What's a, what's a goggle? Um, so I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And it's something to do with, like, yeah, basically, there are some things that can be passed down more predominantly if it's with, if it is passed down from your mum versus passed down from your dad, and like there's there's all kinds. Of, so basically, what I'm saying is, I think there's already a proxy for this, which is that like there could be a world in which two different species of Pokemon do it, and then based on the mother's uh, egg type, as it were, like t- the type mm. that the species that she is. That will get passed down. What it doesn't account for is, and you might have to answer this for, what happens when you have two Pokemon have sex that aren't in the same egg group? They have like a little monster. Is that where you get like a an egg that you can eat? <laughs> no, that's that's when you get like, you know, that's when you get things like where, uh, gosh, um, 
I don't think it's physically possible for mm. some animals to impregnate other animals. Physically. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that just that's that's the easier answer, so, isn't it? Yeah. So I and don't think can't... a duck could have sex yeah. with a dog and produce yeah. a dog. <laughs> Dog or duck. it wouldn't produce a dog duck, you know? Yeah. The the male duck sperm could not mm. penetrate the female dog egg. I'm so glad we're talking about this. <laughs> it felt like the right thing to do. In the break, we were like, yeah, so this is the logical next step. We're on a roll. But no, I know so, what you mean. In the same so way glad. as an elephant couldn't have sex with a giraffe, because they have different DNA, That that's basically it, right? It's how does mm. the egg get fertilised by the sperm? And the sperm has to carry the right type of DNA in order to be able to fertilise that egg. It can, like, go looking for it, sure, but it won't actually produce anything at the end. It'll, nothing will happen. Okay. Lovely. That's one way of looking at it. I you like got a more it. fun way of I looking like at it. I like that we've got it. Yeah, right. So my other way of looking at it is yeah. potentially the explanation. <laughs> Stop laughing. I'm about to give you guys a really worthwhile website, but you go for your explanation okay. first. Potentially the explanation to... Uh, you know, answer the question of why certain Pokemon exist, right? So mm. if you take a look at Pokemon number 878, Q-Font, right? Mm. It's a little orange and green steel-type elephant, right? Yeah. We already have a Pokemon in the Pokemon universe called Donphan and Fambi. Yes. Elephants, right? Quite. I posit that. Mm, pause it away, Gavin. Let's say Donphan's in the same egg group as a camel rupt, right? Mm. Not, not too much of a far cry from each other, right? Mm. Um, they're banging. <laughs> yeah, they're doing it. And lo and behold, they produced the first Q-Font. Yeah, you're right. Right? And it's, that's it's, interesting when you get elephant, like... Uh, t- but it's orange. Yep. You know, it's yeah. a Donphan, but it's got camel rupt colors you know so maybe two pokemon from different species flying at each other and producing offspring could potentially be the reason why we have so many pokemon in our universe and let's say right pokemon number 884 duraludon is actually sure the offspring of a tyrannosaurus did you say can you pronounce that for me again Duraludon? 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 <laughs> you I, can't even bro, say mate, the old way you pronounce it anymore. These fucking games are not voice acted. I just have to make an <laughs> assumption based on the words that are in front of me. It isn't English language, alright? <laughs> it's Duraludon, obviously. Or Duraludon? Duraludon. It's the same fucking word. Right. It's not. <laughs> Duraludon? <laughs> it's the offspring of a Steelix and a Tyranitar. Yeah, maybe, obviously, right? Yeah. Can so as long as they happen. share like enough similar DNA, mm. they can do the do and perhaps create a new species. Unlike dogs, which basically, th- I mean, they are the same species. It's just different, like breeds of exactly a species, that. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is a completely different kettle of um. Cattle of Duraludons, as it were. 
Um, but so let's get into breeds of Pokemon, eh? We've got Galarian Meowth, Alolan Meowth, and uh, Meowth. Yeah, they're breeds. <laughs> they are breeds of a particular Pokemon, right? If you look in my folder of Pokemon trading cards, you'll see that my Galarian Meowth and my regular Meowth are in the same little folder thingy, which proves once and for all that they are just different breeds. Okay, okay. That'll be yeah. that'll be referenced in future research of Pokemon breeds. I'm just going to point everyone to um, <laughs> a website here, um, which is spectacular. I'm sure everyone by this point has done Pokemon Fusion, right? Gav, you've done Pokemon Fusion? Yeah, yeah, combined a few, yeah. So you combine a couple of Pokemon together, it's amazing. Of course, what you really want to do is find the really good ones. Um, and there's, if you go on Ranker.com and look for a list of weird Pokemon Fusion pictures... There are some absolutely spectacularly weird Pokemon fusions in here. And the one that got me laughing a minute ago, which has got me going again now, is, <laughs> is, is Magnetoise, which is a Magneton and a Blastoise. And it's like the most angry hench thing. It's got like 18 guns and they all have eyes on them. And it's just, it's utterly beautiful. Can I just get everyone... Please, uh, for the rest of your commute today or whatever it is you're you doing, two out there. you two out there that are listening. Exactly. Laura, go look at this website. You can probably hear me from the other room right now anyway. Um, also, number 10, Oddix, which is Oddish and Onyx. He's got a cute little face. It's adorable. Mm. Go on this website. It will make your day worthwhile. Number 12, Geoferry. It's a Geodude and a Clefairy. It's hilarious. <laughs> Buttersaw is my favourite. Buttersaw. But- but- Butterfree and a uh, Ivysaur put together. Oh, that's adorable. Very adorable. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, Gav, do you want to... Uh, Laura, I hope that was a, a meandering nonsense around the topic of your question without any real uh, clear answer. And on that, uh, Gav, do you want to give us Gavin's final thoughts for today? What's sticking yeah. out to you yeah, in the Pokedex? What's weird? By the way, anyone else want to chuck some questions to us, you know it by now, at Fairly Farfetched on Twitter, at Fairly Farfetched on Instagram, or is it questions at fairlyfarfetched.com? Questions at fairlyfarfetched.com. Yeah, uh, yes, chuck them in. Please, yeah, chuck them in. Um, right, Gavin's final thought. Uh, this comes from Pokemon number 623. One of my favourite Pokemon from the black and white era, Golurk. Mm. Oh, yeah. He's a good-looking Pokemon. He also has a very, very interesting Pokedex entry. Go on. There's a theory that inside Golurk is a perpetual motion machine that produces limitless energy, but this belief hasn't been proven. What? What do you mean Let's it hasn't been proven? It he's, got, he's got a fucking it's pretty perpetual motion machine. <laughs> limitless energy. Golurk, we could power the world. How how can you have a how can that be a belief? How can't we prove it? Let's prove it. Just like catch a Golurk. Literally, yeah. I'll, what I'll do, Gav, right now, I'll just load up <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll honestly, I'll go to the Lake of Outrage. I can catch about fifteen of them, yeah. and then they'll be a meet because I've got you know the right gym badges. They'll do whatever I want. So let's just sit them down, cut them open a little bit, and have a look if they've got a perpetual motion machine in them because that could be really useful for mankind. <laughs> it, or it you're right, we just have that as a belief. Just a belief. Yeah, you think we might want to research that? It flies nah. across the sky at max speeds. Removing the seal on its chest makes its internal energy go out of control. Well, what do you want out. about? Let's find out. Let's just put it to the test. Yeah. Go look, we're Pokedex, created to man. protect people and Pokemon. They run on mysterious energy. Let's yeah, but it. mate, I've got, I've got a new theory about the Pokedex, which we're going to get into next time. 
um, which is all around the Pokemon Rotom, which we're going to have to have a whole episode on because I've got some concerns about Rotom. <laughs> okay. Next episode, the Rotom episode. It's going to fucking have to be, honestly. It's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Gavin. What a wonderful uh, final thought to end on. Thank you, listeners, for sticking with us today. I hope you have a wonderful, I don't know, six months until we next record one. Uh, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Take care. Smell you later. Bye.